welcome to Play on K, the Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And this is the show where we take a K-drama, we watch it two episodes at a time, and then we get together here every week to talk about it. Yeah, this week we watched episodes seven and eight of My Country, The New Age. Yeah! A good, good halfway point. We might have to take a little bit of a break for a couple weeks. So this is, this is a good point to do it, because we reached halfway through. We've definitely, 100% believably, killed off... Prince Bongwan, we know that to be true because 100. there was not a scene at the very beginning that said we didn't. Right, so he's dead. And I mean, you know, good to have one less plot line to try and follow. So, like, I'm genuinely mad because that scene was so good and there would have been some tension, there would have been some doubt in my mind. If the first scene of the show hadn't said, well, six years after this, he's very much alive. Yeah, like, what? I'm interested in the purpose of that scene at the beginning. And at the time, I figured there was a purpose, you know? I didn't know what it was out the gate other than maybe showing... Um, the two best friends don't stay best friends, but at the same time, even then, they could have kept that a secret, a, a development we learned about later on. Because now, as the story has progressed, and we got to the point we are now, like you said, it is a little bit spoilery, and I still am not 100% clear on uh, why we were provided that little snapshot into the future... And so far into the future, like, yeah, they could have done it if it was like the end of episode eight. That's pretty deep into the series. That's right. far into the series to be like, okay, we're going to show you very first scene of the show is a spoiler for episode eight. Right. That would and be it's a also, lot. yeah, it's so somehow either that is the, you know, final, final or. We do a six-year time jump in the next episode or two, right? Or three, yeah. maybe. I don't know. That's ridiculous. That's weird. We're playing with time in a weird way right now. So... Yeah. So I, I don't know. I was kind of mad at that. Yeah, it took me a while to be mad about that first scene. It took... Mm -hmm. I, I think that that's the long game, right? Is uh -huh. we hit a point where we're... we're Asking them to please take it back. Hey, could you er erase <laughs> this? Do you need this? Do you need this here? Because it <laughs> feels superfluous and a bit spoilery at this point to know that Bongwan and Namjan make it so far into the series. Like, it would be interesting to see Hui and Sono face off and say that these guys turn enemies at some point, but they don't lose touch. They're still they're still in the same town, hanging out, fighting. I'd be interested to know. But for some reason, we also have to know that the kind of biggest, I want to say, villains of the show are also alive. And uh, I don't want to know that. That's, that's spoilery. Yeah. So we know that... Bongwon is still around somehow. We know that Nam Jong is still around. He's fine for now, at least. You know, he's not gonna die in the next day or two. He's got six more <laughs> years under his belt. 
We know that the two main characters are still around. Really, the only questions that leaves up are Yan Huijie, uh, Seo Seo. Uh, that's pretty much it. Yeah, we can assume the king and queen are alive. You know who, though, actually might be dead now, and I, like I said, I will burn this show to the ground. Oh, is it Chido? I think Chido, I want him to make it out of that fight so bad. That is actually the biggest cliffhanger, and the one I've been most invested in up to this point, is that they pitted him against... Uh, Scythe Boy. I don't actually know his yeah, name. I have not taken exactly that time. That's exactly what I was going to call him. <laughs> <laughs> They've pitted him against Scythe Boy. And I think that if they're going to do a big emotional uh, elimination this early in the show, it was going to be him or one of the other two good bandits. And it's obviously not the other two good bandits at this time. They are not facing off against anyone currently. I don't know that they'll live to the end of the show, but, you know. Probably not. It seems like they're going to use them to break our hearts. Yeah. But that's fair. I think I kind of forgot about it because they cut that scene off so quickly. But maybe they were like, uh, we want you to get emotionally invested in what Hui is doing. It's going to be super intense and interesting. He's going to shoot Banwan. Like, here we go. So don't worry about Chido. We will show you his death in the next episode. <sighs> but for sure, this is where he dies. Do you think they'll show us know. in the top of the next episode? What a bummer <laughs> way to very start. <laughs> uh. They would never, because... It will wreck us, and they know that. They have to know the emotional damage that's going to come from Cheeto's death, and they've got to build up to that. You've got to give us more of him. I want him at least until episode 12. And then if you have to to hurt me, at least give me until episode 12. Please. Please. I am... So much less invested. I have a ranking, a hierarchy for this little band of bandits, and I'm just a lot less invested in the other two. Although, homeboy with the wife and baby that were murdered, he made his way real quickly up the rankings. Yeah, so I'd say Cheeto is S tier. And then we've Mm -hmm. got, yeah, the the ex-slave who lost his wife and baby. He's A tier. And then mm-hmm. uh, I'd put I'd put the other guy, uh, pro- the the physician, um, quote unquote physician, you know B tier probably. I like him. It's hard because I would put him in B tier, and I'm so mad that that scene that we saw with the slave, the ex slave, talking about how his wife and child died, and physician friend gets like kind of teary-eyed i honestly thought they were gonna hug and i think the physician would have gone to a tier if he had cried and hugged his best friend in that moment that emotional maturity that you know beautiful like friendship moment would have just moved him right up the ranks 
And stupid villain woke up right at that moment, the stupid assassin. So I don't blame him for not hugging his friend. It would have been a weird moment if the assassin had woken up and then he had gone in for the hug. Yeah. But it, oh, it was an opportunity. It was an opportunity. They could have, he could have moved tears. And it's not that he moved down a tear. Like you said, we're not mad. We just, he's you fine. Know, he's fine. He's not a tear yet. And I don't know if anyone in this whole... I think maybe... Okay, maybe Hui Jae is also S-tier. I think I love her and oh I love uh, Cheeto and everyone else falls, you know, well below. <laughs> <laughs> I... So, there's a moment in every K-drama, I think, every good K-drama at least, where you're completely absorbed in the show, you are just enraptured and fully present in what is happening. And that moment came when Hui Jae met the assassin. I was, my heart was in my throat. I was fully with her. I didn't know what was going to happen, but that scene was everything to me. That scene is like, this show is now in my heart forever because of Hui Jae and her strength in that moment. I, uh, I cannot love it more. I love her so much. And yes, the absolute perfection of the way that she handled it. And then my favorite scene, that was amazing, also had, had me on the edge of my seat. I was so invested. I think my favorite scene in this show so far has been the moment where she is thinking of her mom and all she wants is to know she made the right choice and in not killing the assassin and all she wants is for someone to tell her you did the right thing and everything's going to be okay and then soul walks in and holds her and tells her she did the right thing and everything is going to be okay and it is devastating and wonderful and it makes me so mad that they're killing soul off and also it makes me so happy that hui jay always had someone with her the whole time and she didn't always know it but oh, shoot that got me that really i i teared up just a little bit i this show has yet to really you know get my feels but that was mm -hmm. as close as we've gotten it was beautiful to see her say, to see Soul say, I lost my only friend and I wasn't going to lose you too. Oh my God, Soul, what a turnaround for this woman, for this character who we thought was going to be a low level villain and then a high level villain and then no villain at all. And like you said, I'm sad they're killing her off. But on the flip side, I appreciate that she's sick because she's constantly fearless. In the face of any man who is trying to threaten her, she's like, I'm already dying. You cannot scare me with death. There is nothing you have that will scare me. Oh, you're gonna, you're gonna kill me? Do it, coward. Do it right now. <laughs> I love her. Oh, I love her. She's perfect. So cool. Yeah. She's perfect. She's A tier. <laughs> She's not S tier? I don't know. She might be S tier. I can't decide because I 
I'm trying to draw my lines, and I said Cheeto and Nui J are S tier, and that's all, so. Oh, that's fair. Okay, she's A tier. Who, um, I think his name is Gyol, the bodyguard who works for Seoul. Can I maybe also put him in A tier? Yeah, is that too many people? An- is the tier filling up? No, he can be an A tier. I'm trying to decide how I feel about him not. Di- Listen, I know that. Huijie decided it was the right thing. I know that Seoul said it was the right thing all along to not, like, fight or try to kill that politician a while back. I think that was in episode 7, is that right? The one that was... It might... Oh man, I'm kind of actually... The lines of the episodes are blurring because we watched and recorded pretty quickly for this episode. Uh Uh-huh. Anyway, uh... I do have it stuck in my mind the moment that politician said, I'm a founding member of this country, and you can't do anything to me, and Gyul, is that what we said his name was? That's what we're going with. He backed off in that moment. Correctly so. Like I said, Seoul agreed, Huijay agreed later when uh, tensions were a little less high, but at the same time... I wanted that moment where he protected his girls, you know, the the That's the girls fair. he loves. Oh, uh, okay. We'll put him on B tier because, like you said, <laughs> he's not. He didn't do anything bad, and I don't want the physician to be on B tier alone, as if he's in the punishment box. Right. <laughs> We'll put Gil on B tier because that's a good point. I feel like he is just one of my favorite people purely for aesthetics. Just a beautiful young man and very brave, but he's not in the game. He's very clearly a man who just follows orders, and I can appreciate that. Yeah. There's a place for that. I would be, hopefully, I, I wish to be as cool as that guy, if I had lived in that time period. I cannot keep up with all of Sohui's planning and conniving and everything that he's doing. I am He's God-tier. I just can't do it. So I think I would be where Gil is, of like, I can't do all the, like, um, all the sneaky stuff. I can't do all the planning, all the brains. I'll do the sword stuff. But that does mean I don't always make cool, heroic decisions. I just play it safe. He's not the hero of the story, but he's a loyal man who does the right thing, you know? Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We can appreciate him for what he is. Yeah. And we love him. He didn't kill the assassin who killed Huijie's mom when he had the chance. And I honestly thought that he was going... I... I figured it was going to be him or Huijie, and I didn't know who. I thought it would be one of the two, though. And then both of them showed incredible restraint. Yeah! I think that's something else that I love about his character, is this kind... I don't know if it's truly platonic, but this very protective love of all the girls in Iwaru. That he's like, I have been charged with protecting you all. I take that very seriously, and I, I want will do to anything be, for you. Yeah, I want it to be platonic so badly, because that is the kind of... That would be such a unique relationship, right? To to all of these women that he 
he has been tasked with protecting. It would be such a unique relationship that literally there has never been a moment of romantic feeling. He just loves them and cares for them and wants nothing but their safety. That would be the most unique. That would put him god tier to me, right? (laughs) That would be amazing because you never get that. You never get the he just does Mm -hmm. it because he cares um, platonically. Just no romance. Are you worried that he's in love with Hui Jae? I'm worried he's in love with Hui Jae. Yes. I don't need a love parallelogon, a love trapezoid. <laughs> I don't need any anyone else to be in love with Hui Jae. There's already yeah. too many people on the boat. Me and Raquel are on the boat. <laughs> so Hui and Sono are on the boat. Gyol, get off the boat. Gyol, just be cool. Be like a brother. Can you steer the boat? Can you, like, drive the boat? I don't know. What what jobs are there to do on the boat? <laughs> I'm interested also, though, in his backstory of how he got to the point that he cares so much, right? How, he yeah. doesn't act like just a hired bodyguard. He acts like someone so, who's so a kid yeah, or son. A kid that or, was born there. Right. Maybe one of the the former... Girls, boys. Oh, that'd be so cute. Wholesome. Wholesome. I <laughs> have we spent too long talking about him? I don't know. Obviously, we always pick one thing to focus on in every episode where we talk about my country, the new age. We pick one thing to focus on that is not really the main plot. <laughs> and we talk about At it least. for half an hour. <laughs> At least we didn't harp on Sono for half an hour. Yeah. What episode was that, too? All the other ones before this one. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have that much to say about what he's up to this week, to be honest. He's Oh, really? I thought we got his turnaround. Um, It definitely wasn't... Didn't make me want to go back on everything we'd said. But we finally got his motivation. One tiny scene with his mom... Where she says, I want you to build a country where people like me aren't discriminated against and people like you can live the lives they deserve. And he's like, okay, mama, I'll do it. And I was like, that's be- that's all we needed. It's perfect. It's yeah. very simple. It's literally the same thing Hui Jay is doing. Why could you not give that to us like episode one? Right? That's such a thing, is uh, his motivation is awesome. I still think he's doing it like a total jag. He is his dad still. He just thinks he's doing the right thing. He is doing- Oh, for sure. What he thinks is the right thing using his dad's methods, which are terrible. And (laughs) it doesn't matter who gets hurt or cut or lost in the end on his way through, because he just wants to- meet whatever end. And character-wise, that's very interesting as far as creating a character with a complicated backstory uh, where they, you know, for all intents and purposes, their motivations are very good, uh, but they're a very, what's the terminology, the very common terminology that left my brain as soon as I was going to try and say it, um, ends justify the means. He is mm. that character where he thinks his yeah. his end will justify all means, and it is stupid. Yeah, it's the worst. 
It's the same as his dad, except without, I don't know, his dad is evil ends, evil means, you know? Yeah, but I think we've said it before, if he's fighting for this country where, I guess, Huijie's much more obvious about, I want to protect the people I love, and he seems to kind of be in the same boat, so Noah's like, I want to protect all people of any background, like, quote-unquote, that's what he promised his mom, at least, and then turns around and is like, but if I can keep this, this like, very poor girl hostage so that her very poor brother will do anything for me, he'll kind of be like a slave, and that will build the country that I love. It's like, who... Is this country for? I'm sorry, what? Yeah. You're getting you literally... lost. You're getting lost. Yeah. Remember how your mom was a slave who uh, could never get out under the thumb of oppressors because of the circumstances that she was born into? You're pretty much playing that exact thing against your former best friend and his sister who you have treated like a sister your whole life. You're insane. Oh. I do, I love his scenes with Yon. They're so, I think it just, you know, I'm not an acting coach, but I think he just does such a fantastic job of showing how much he loves and cares for this person and how painful it is to know fully the situation that she's in, how much he empathizes with her and tries to do his best by her most of the time. It's very beautiful and heartbreaking and sometimes very sweet in a way. If only he wasn't uh, manipulating her and holding her hostage. (laughs) If only he wasn't the oppressor. Uh, Yeah, I love the scene where she finally figures out what's happening and he tries to take her wrist and she yanks it out of his hand because... My dumb brain, my Stockholm Syndrome, was like, no, he's been nice to you. And she's like, he's the nice hostage holder out of the the two, the nice one and the mean one. Do you want me to enjoy my captors just because one is nicer than the other? No, audience, I will not. (laughs) I will not give in. Good for you, Yon. Yeah, that was an awesome moment. That moment and... um. The moment that she, yeah, got to realize that Hui is her brother. I don't know. That that was also very heartbreaking. And it made me very worried in the sense of, ideally, Yan stays in a good headspace. I'm a little bit afraid of, now that she knows, she, you know won't want to be a willing pawn anymore, but maybe she's not at the intrigue level to get herself out of it, right? Yeah. I was even worried when she was crying as she was getting her memories back. It felt like that moment when somebody in a hostage situation first wakes up and starts you know, making a lot of noise so the captors come back to check on them and you're like, maybe if you just woke up and woke up quietly, you could start like unraveling, untying the knots around your wrists or whatever without the captors checking on you. And like, that's dumb. That's victim blaming. But you watch (laughs) the movie and you still think that. So I was like, be quiet. 
just be quiet so that nobody knows. Nobody comes to check and says, like, how's it gone? What are you doing? And you're like, my head hurts. I think I'm a captive here. Also, I think <laughs> I want to leave. I want to go home. Should we fight um, physically, you and me? Will you untie <laughs> me so we can fight physically? <laughs> no, Yon. Just keep your head down. Pretend you know nothing. I'm so worried about her trying to sneak her way out of this situation. Right, because it's one of those things kind of like Huijay said in her conversation with Sol, that she, the best way to play it is to let your captor think they've won, or let the the person who's you're going up against think they won before you play your hand and yeah. catch them off guard. Obviously, Yon doesn't know how to play that game. She was not raised in Iwaru, like... She might not make it out because of that either. She's definitely, to me, seems like the person who would walk up and say, hey, I know you committed a crime, and I'm going <laughs> to go report it to the authorities. I love her, but I also think that she's got that energy, and that is how people get killed by murderers. How you just get murdered right away by Nam John, okay? He doesn't care about you. He's just going to murder you if you get your memories back. So please be quiet. Oh, I'm so worried about her. Ah, I hope that she somehow gets in secret contact with Huijay and Huijay helps her escape. Yeah, she can go live at Iwaru and not be used as a pawn to control Hui any longer. And then Hui can actually finally, I don't know... Murder everyone? I don't know. At this point, he could murder anyone <laughs> on the map. It and feels like it. Yeah. I just want Hui to ask the prince for help so that Bongwan can go get his sister. How hard could it be for Bongwan to send in a few guys, get the sister, bring her to a different place to live, and be like, oh, now Hui works for me. And, like, willingly, her sister's not a hostage, but I am kind of as payment for Hui's services, I am going to give her sister, his sister, a nice life. She's going to live wherever I put her up and have a nice, protective, protected, safe life. You're welcome. Can you imagine that kind of character turnaround where he just became an absolute hero? Then I would care who became king because it would, <laughs> he would deserve it. He would deserve to be Bongwan king. King Bong, King Bong, no, King, yep. King, whatever his name is. <laughs> What's uh, his prince fair. name? I don't know. I don't remember. Jong-on? Yeah. It's something like that. But either way, fair. Because I feel like he's going to find out, he has found out, that Hui has a sister. And I am surprised that he wasn't like, go murder both of them. Go murder Hui and go find his sister and also murder her. Murder everyone. That seems more his style than yeah than making sure she's safe so that we can fight for him. Because, yeah, I think he's maybe... I know the scene that they showed us at the beginning has him with all of his cards on Hui, right? He obviously thinks that Hui hung the moon, is the best fighter in the world, is waiting for him to get here before he makes any move, uh... So obviously we get to that point, but at this, the current point, he had just barely decided to use Hui. Uh-huh. 
and then immediately finds out that Hui was probably working against him. Yeah, that, so we had this conversation right before <laughs> we started recording. Emily loves the, I don't know, I, I won't speak for you. We disagreed because I do not like the current pacing of the show uh, in these two episodes. It made me personally a little bit uninvested in whatever the current intrigue plot was at any given time because it was going too quickly for me to care, right? Because it didn't matter if Bon Bong Wan in this moment trusted Hui because literally less than three minutes later that had changed. <laughs> so I just for me the pacing kind of uh took away. It was too quickly paced. There wasn't enough time to say, oh, the plan is working, or oh, the plan is failing, because at any given time, it was both working and failing. Mm. Mm, 30 seconds apart. <laughs> I think that's fair. I didn't think of it that way. Maybe just because I'm a little sweet potato that needs <laughs> everything explained to me. So it was lovely to have them explain a plan and then me kind of get it, and then they show me the plan being executed, and I get it a little bit more, and then they show the consequences of that plan in the next plan. And it's very quickly, like, you never have a moment that you have to wonder what they're talking about, because they will tell you and then show you, and then tell you and then show you. It's just a constant, I was amazed at how smart they made Sohui. I don't know if he's always been this clever and good at guessing what people are going to do, but it was very much the theme of these two episodes is Hui has laid out traps just all over town, and they're all going to go off at once. And then we watch it, and I liked that. Yeah. Like, let's see how this plays out. That is, it... it is very cool. I'm interested. I think that something interesting to me also, yes, is Hui's character as a planner and someone who is, you know, very deep into intrigue and political trap setting at this point. I think what's particularly interesting to me about it is that it's kind of no, di they've kind of made him everything all at once, right? And because he's the best at the f the bow and arrow, he's the son of the best swordsman in all of the land. Uh, he has all the best plans, and he has he he's just the best. Which I don't want that to detract because I do I love Hui and I love that he he can play with like the with the best of them despite being you know lowborn and being in you know, discriminated against, it doesn't matter because his brain is what it is and he can, he can bring it when he needs to. I do love that. I guess I just, um, I think it would be more interesting if there was a dichotomy between him and Siano. Uh, yeah. Where, you know, Siano is clearly between the two of them, though he's a great fighter, a great warrior. He just, he could never quite one up Hui in that realm. But what he does have is, um, all the benefit of being highborn with 
somewhat highborn. Highborn, sort of, adjacent. Highborn adjacent. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and then getting the education and uh, growing up knowing the life of intrigue. And I think that they could have set that up in a very interesting way. I mean, it's one of those things where, as the plot lies now, it never would have worked, because how could, a, you know, a great warrior go up against someone with intrigue? It's not impossible, right? But it just, at the end of the day... I feel like you'd have to keep switching the battlefield of, like, sometimes they're in town and Sun Hong gets a one-up, and then sometimes they're out in the wilderness, like sparring like physically fighting and there hui gets the gets the leg up yeah and that that wouldn't currently work but at the same time i think that i i don't know what the future of the show holds but at this current point it is kind of interesting to just like see we have it all and be able to do anything and everything and and you love to see it but also um it's a little op so it doesn't work out 100% in his favor all the time. But that said, it kind of feels like it does. <laughs> yeah, so far, so good. <laughs> I think that's a really interesting point, especially since they've given him his friends. He's never been without a friend group. So it could have been an opportunity to be like, no, he can't do it all. He's this incredible warrior and he's got a great poker face. And those are the things that he does best. But he's got Chido to teach him archery. I don't know, like archery and archery and swordsmanship. Like you see them practicing all the time, like constantly. Chido is teaching him, and you see, uh, I don't know what the ex-slave's like greatest greatest gift is. Maybe talking to people. I don't know what yeah. you know. If he taught. Hui's stuff. If they each had a skill that they were sharing with each other, that the physician constantly talked about different concoctions he was making and gave them to each of them, almost like the like James Bond setup of like, I've got this whole arsenal of stuff, so when you go out on this mission, we will each give you one thing that will help you succeed, and then Maybe Hui works closely with Hui Jae on like planning and intrigue and yeah, and then if you she see was... that yeah, sorry, yeah, if she was part of the group and you see that he's getting help from all of these different people and he's getting smarter, he's getting uh, he's becoming more physically adept, he's just he's going up in society through the help of all of these people that he's relying on it's not just this one-man army with all these people who want to help but we just see them kind of doing superfluous tasks for him yeah providing backup usually but not necessarily um at the forefront of any one mission or anything like that it would be so cool if yeah he was just an amazing warrior and we was or we jay was you know yeah making all of these plans and saying so i've got this secret or whatever right oh that would be amazing but yeah he just kind of does it all and then he's got this group of friends who's also talented but they're the backup mostly and then this yeah. girl that he is obviously in love with but is like hey you do you i'll do me Love you lots. Bye. <laughs> Just ask her for help. She would love to help. Oh, yeah. We love rewriting a show. We just love it. 
We do. We're doing it halfway through. Usually we at least wait to the end. This time around, <laughs> halfway through. I feel like this time, constantly. We are yeah. constantly rewriting. But mostly it's been spin-offs. Yeah. Not so much of this. Um, I have one important question, just so that it doesn't go unasked. Who is Pwn? Am I supposed to know who that is? I The first time I knew about that person was when Bon Bongwan took Hui to the bridge that he killed that person on and started talking about that person. And now okay. I, I feel like they are the most important person in all of what era are we in? Joseon? Or I guess. Koryo? I genuinely don't know. They, like, said it at one point, and I thought, <laughs> I should commit this to memory, but I won't, and then I didn't. Nice. At least you are true to your word. You are honest, and I appreciate that. But for real, I'm glad that that was the first mention. You have a better memory than I do, so I was like, did they say, has Pwn been in past episodes and I just didn't remember? But I could have sworn the bridge scene is the first. And it was a very good, overly good in its uh, natural delivery of this event. It was too good because it felt like everyone in the room knew who Poen was. Except so they me. didn't have to explain who he was. <laughs> Except us as the audience. We don't know who he was. And then they keep talking about him, but again in this way too natural, like everyone knows who he is. We don't need to give any background information or context for this conversation. Hi, I don't know who that is. Can you please give some background information and context? Yeah, I am still confused. I know he was killed by Bong Wan. Apparently, everyone loved him, but he had to die, I guess, if Bong Wan is to be believed. So. And that's it. That's all we know. Okay. If they keep bringing him up, I will maybe do a little look back into the past to try and understand. Yeah. Maybe it's an actual historical figure that everyone in Korea is like, <gasps> whoa, they brought in Abraham Lincoln. Like, oh. we all know who that is. He was killed in this way. Yeah. He was killed on a bridge. That's crazy. But uh, me, Big Idiot McGee, doesn't know any Korean history. Doesn't even know what age we're in. Yeah, same It's going to be a no. Who's <laughs> Pwn? We will try and remember to Google it. If not for next episode, then for the bonus. Next episode, maybe bonus. There's going to be a break. I can't promise that I will remember anything ever, so. Uh-huh. <laughs> I can't remember past uh, earlier this afternoon, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh... <laughs> Um, but we'll try. Um, so, I also... Okay, I have, an, I have a few more notes that we can just quickly, like, pew, 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 go through if you want. Yeah, let's do that, because I think I got everything that was in my brain out, in my brain notes, so... <laughs> okay, first one, very small one. There's one point in this show where Sono... I think it's when he's talking to Hui in one of their secret meetings, and Sono claims that his life has been worse than Hui's life because he's been discriminated against and bullied. And I don't mean 
to sound callous to those who have been discriminated against or bullied, but can we agree that Hui's life has been worse than Sonal's life? 100%, and we wouldn't even have to have the conversation if Sonal hadn't tried to play the pain Olympics with Hui. But he did, and so here we are. Uh, and so I guess if we're doing pain Olympics, pain Olympics, let's fucking go, Sionho. <laughs> we can do it. You're not gonna win. You're not gonna win. Hui's life has been a fucking nightmare constantly. <laughs> don't, don't bring it up. We feel bad enough for you. We feel the tiniest bit bad for you, and that's all you're gonna get. But if you start <laughs> complaining, we're going to take our pity away. We're going to take it away from you. Yeah. Forever. And it would even be okay to complain and be like, things have been really hard and this is why I am the way I am. But to say it to Hui's face in a comparative way was crossing a line. Yeah. Not okay, my guy. Um, we get a scene where Yan goes home. She sneaks out. So I think I think this is these two episodes. Like you said, I might be conflating this, so correct me if I'm wrong. But I think there's a point where Sono is in jail and Yon sneaks out to see him. And I was furious at the beginning of her her sneak out because she finally got a backbone. She finally decided to do something on her own and sneak out of the house that she has been trapped in. Yes, girl, get it. Here we go, character development, strength. And then she's like, all I want is to go see my my big dumb brother. Don't love that. Is that your whole thing? And then she starts, it looks like she's going to walk home. And I was going to throw a shoe at the TV. You cannot give Yon her first outdoor activity where she finally is thinking and doing for herself. And all she does is go... Hey, is my brother here? No? Okay, I'll go home. Like, kill me. But then she goes to her own home and starts to regain some more of her memories and has a little meet meetup with Sohui. And I loved it. They turned it around. It was good. It made me very anxious. I was very much Sohui in that moment. I which, to be fair, I actually he was a little harsh. It was a little bit <laughs> rough to watch him scream in her face. But also, I get it, because he's full panic mode, because he is trying to enact an extremely dangerous plan that ideally sets them free, but also, if she gets killed before he can enact that plan, then what is any of it worth anyway? He is doing this only for her. And so... Yeah, I got, I get it, but also, yeah, that whole scene made me very nervous. I was worried she'd get caught. I was worried she'd get killed. I was worried she would get Hui caught, or Hui kill. Well, obviously, Hui's not gonna get killed. He's, he'll make it to the end. I am 100% <laughs> confident Hui is going to be in episode 16, if there are 16 episodes, to be honest. I have continually forgotten to recheck that as we've declared it, but... Whoops. Whoop. <laughs> but he'll make it to the end. Point being, he will make it to the end. He is god-tier. He is the main character. That's great. We'll see that happen. Yeah. But Yon, not guaranteed. 
No. I, in fact, I feel the opposite. I feel like she will be used against us. I will, I feel like the good bandits will be used against us. There's, there's only a couple people making it to the end of this show. And even then, they might die at the end of this show. Mm -hmm. Like I say, so if we will make it to the last episode, I don't know if they'll make it through the last episode. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, which kind of leads to my very last point, or my very last note, which was like ten different notes of Hui Jay and So Hui getting romantic time together. I love that for them. Very sweet. It was very nice to see them hugging, holding each other. They needed that. I needed that. I needed them to <laughs> not be strangers. Honestly, that didn't last long anyway, right? Because Hui Jay said, I'll be a stranger to you in front of Bong Wan. And then Bong Wan walks in. Uh, so- I don't remember where it was, but essentially there was a moment he was getting ready to kill uh, Hui, or probably kill Hui, and Hui Jay immediately said, I know this man. <laughs> okay, Hui Jay. Uh, you, the, the jig is up. You've given up your ruse. It took less than an episode, so... <laughs> I think that's one thing that I liked about, like you said, the pacing is so fast that we get a lot more romance than I think we would get if they slowed it down. We get so True. many more moments between these two lovebirds. That would just be so slow moving if we let it go real time. Yeah, that is true. And I am grateful for those moments. They're little taste breakers. In all of the intrigue yeah. and murder, there's just some little hugs. Some little There's just some little hugs. Some cuddles. They make your heart full. They I'm a little bit worried about Hui Jay dying, but more so I think she's gonna survive. She yeah. seems like She's taking care of herself. She seems like out of anyone, and I'm not saying this is 100% guaranteed, but out of everyone in this show, I feel like Hui Jay is the most likely to survive. I think that's fair. I think it will be very sad for her if she is the only one, if she survives Seo Hui, and if she survives, um, you know, everyone, and then has to be the, the lone survivor out of this entire generation of people that at the beginning of the show were so close and everything but uh i think she's the <laughs> I, i'll go ahead and award her most likely to survive this show mm, i get that i i'm gonna place my bets on sono i think he'll survive that i would, think he'll make yeah. it to the end he feels like the um anti-hero that could make it to the end right like yeah the, uh, I guess, spoiler alert for Lord of the Rings, it's been a while, so if you haven't heard <laughs> by this point, Frodo does not throw the ring into Mordor, you know, he uh, gets it there, and then at the very end, he can't do the thing. I feel like that's very Siono, where he will mm. get to the end, but ultimately not as a hero. But n- not necessarily as a, a villain either, but as an anti-hero. I think that's his whole thing. I see that. But hopefully it's satisfying. Yeah. I think that's one thing that I liked most about his and Yon's relationship, is that it gives this hint, this there's this fleck of hope in my mind that maybe his he's got a redemption arc and it is driven by Yon, his new little sister that he stole from his old best friend. 
It's there. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think it'll happen. It's very unlikely, but maybe. Because he does sincerely love Yon, and she does constantly need to be protected. Unfortunately. So there's something. There's something yeah. there, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I I would love to see that. I think she'll die, though, and then he'll have no reason to be good, so... Fair. Probably more accurate. Um, if you have any predictions, fan theories, anything at all, you can send them our way, and we will probably read them before we get back to this show. Yeah. Send them our way. This is so exciting. Best place to do it is playonkpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, we also have our website where you can comment on episodes. Uh, that would definitely need to be spoiler-free because they're public comments. But uh, if you comment on the episodes, you can also sign up for newsletters. Uh, you can... Then we haven't sent out in, like, two years, but totally sign up for them. Because then we know if you want to hear from us, and we might just do that. So, yeah. We might bring them back for you. Yeah. Um. And then our affiliates are on there, which are Blueberry Podcasting, if you're interested in starting your own podcast, Skillshare, if you're interested in learning just like a bunch of new shit, or uh, NordVPN, if you want to protect your cyber connection. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's playonk.com. Yeah, you can find us on social media. Occasionally we use social media. We're at PlayOnK on Twitter and at PlayOnK Podcast on Instagram. Yeah, and then the last thing we always like to call out, uh, it's absolutely free for you to, if you like our show, uh, leave a rating and review wherever you listen, and it helps other K-Drama Podcast listeners find us. So... That is a huge help, and thank you to those who have, and thank you to those who are thinking about it. <laughs> thank you, as always, for listening. We will see you again soon with the next two episodes of My Country, The New Age. Yeah, okay, bye. Okay, bye.